Hey everyone, welcome back to another video. I want to give a big thanks to my friend Slumber Reads for helping out on this video. If you enjoy their narration, definitely check out their channel. It'll be linked in the description down below. All that being said, let's begin. Now, this happened just last night, and I'm still a little shaken up over it. I'll try to retell the story exactly as it happened, but the occurrence may have fogged my memory a bit. My name is Jason. I'm a 17-year-old male, and I work second shift at a local Walmart in a small central city. At about 10 p.m. after my work period was over, I was driving home when I decided to stop for gas. In retrospect, it was really stupid to stop at all. The gas station was poorly lit, and it was completely vacant of other customers, but I knew the shady areas of my town, and this was not usually one of them. I pulled up to the pump, expecting nothing less than just a quick in and out visit to the station, and began fueling my car. I waited for about a minute or so until I heard that prompting click of the gas nozzle. Just as I closed my fuel cap, I grabbed my receipt and began making my way to my driver's side door. An unsettling looking woman pulled up right beside me, regardless of all the other surrounding pumps that she could have gone to. I didn't think too much of it though, given that I was just leaving anyway, and just continued on to open my car door. But then I hear her shout something. Hey boy, come here, while then motioning me over with her bony, tattered fingers. Me being the friendly person that I am, decided to engage in conversation with her, despite my immense feeling of uneasiness. I conferred back, then saying, uh, yes, miss. How can I help you? I now realized that I should have put more consideration into my words. As she then said, Yeah, I need you to come over here and pump my gas for me. Which I thought to be a bit odd considering she looked perfectly capable and she didn't even give me a reason as to why she couldn't do it herself. But stupidly, I decided to give her the benefit of the doubt. I started walking over to her vehicle when I then picked up on a bit of a red flag. She had already turned her car off as if it was ready to be filled up, except that her tank lid wasn't on that side of the car. Once again, I just gave her the benefit of the doubt and then thought, well, maybe she just forgot which side it was on and continued round to the pump nearing her car. And then I saw it. The second big red flag just on the other side of her car was a light that I could vaguely see through her window, hence illuminating everything within the back seat of the car. Even through the densely tinted window of her sliding van door, I could vaguely see the silhouette of at least two grown men staring right at me. When she noticed I had saw them, her entire demeanor completely changed. Her face looked cold as snow and then turned into an angry, frustrated look. And that was it for me. There were too many bells that were going off in my head telling me to get the hell out of there. Just as I began to back up towards my car, she started screaming at me, demanding me to come back. I then bolted to my driver's side door, which was luckily left unlocked, turned on my engine, and then threw it into drive. I booked the hell out of that gas station without a second thought. Luckily, they didn't appear to follow me as I got onto the more far populated interstate. It also didn't occur to me to contact the police at the time since I was so in shock. I just really hoped they didn't find another victim because of me not informing the proper authorities about it. It's a really scary world out there. So if you ever have an uneasy feeling in your gut like that, trust it. 
to both those creepy men and that woman. I just pray and hope I never see you guys again. This happened to my mom when she was just 21 years old in the late 1990s. For some context, the gas station is off an exit on the interstate. It's about one mile from all the other fast food places and gas stations. The trade-off was that the gas station was a little bit cheaper than all the other gas stations. Anyways, her manager put her on the night shift. She said that she never really liked the night shift, especially after this incident. It was a really chilly night in early October, so everyone who came in was always wearing a hoodie. At about 10 p.m., this man came inside the gas station. He was wearing a plaid shirt and shorts. He looked around the store for a minute. He then comes up to the counter with a Coke and a bag of chips. Like normal, my mom scans his stuff and he pays. No one else is in the gas station at this point and the guy's now walking away, so she starts making small talk with him. So pretty cold weather we're having, huh? She said. The man didn't say anything back, just stared at her. Then he just suddenly said, You know, I'd really like to take you back to my house. You're just really hot. Sir, I'm not going back to your place, my mom said. You know who's going to stop me? I can just make you come with me if I want. The guy said this as he was actually reaching over the counter to her. My mom then grabbed the bat that was underneath the desk and then hit him with it as hard as she could. And she told him if he didn't leave, she was going to hit him again. The man grabbed his stuff and then finally walked out. After the man left, she kept checking the security cameras and she saw that he was just standing in the parking lot. She said that her anxiety was really high. She eventually had to go to the bathroom because she had two large coffees. While she was in the bathroom, she heard the door open. She thought it was just another woman using the restroom, but the person that was there was wearing men's shoes. She knew right then that it was the man from earlier. She pulled up her pants, opened the stall door, and then punched the man right in the face. It was almost time for day shift to arrive. Once one of the people from day shift arrived, my mom then asked them if they'd walk her out to her car. They did, and she got home safe that morning. When she later woke up at noon to watch the news, there was a man on the news that said there were multiple attempted kidnappings near that same gas station. My mom was really lucky that night. I still really shiver thinking about what could have happened to her. I used to travel a lot with my husband because we had drag boats. We had been to Arizona to a boat race. Well, we were coming back and we had to drive through West Texas. I had been sleeping, but when we got to El Paso, my husband woke me up and he said he needed for me to drive. And so I got behind the steering wheel to drive. My husband put gas in the van and he got me a Dr. Pepper so that I'd have some caffeine to drive. We were driving down the highway going east. I drove for a really long way. My son was asleep in the van and our other friend was with us as well. We had driven a really long way and I noticed it was time for gas again. My husband was in the co-pilot sound asleep, so I pulled into the gas station out in the middle of nowhere. When I got there, I woke up my husband and I asked him to give me money for gas. He did and our son also wanted to get out and go inside with me because he needed to use the bathroom and he also wanted a snack. I went inside, took him to the bathroom, 
and I went too. I came out of the bathroom, went to the cashier, and gave her my money, and I was trying to hurry my child out to the car. When we got outside, I went to put the gas in the van. I got my child back in the van, and then went back to go get my change. By this time, the van was suddenly being surrounded by men. They just seemed to come out all over the place. I looked at the cashier and then asked her, Are you here alone? She nodded yes, but she said that her husband was on his way here. She said in a low voice because some of them had come inside. She asked if I would stay inside with her for a minute, and I said yes. There must have been about ten or more men all around the van, and some coming in the store. There was probably about fifteen or more altogether. I knew that my child was safe in the van, and my husband and our friend were in the van too. I said to the cashier that my husband and our friend are in the van, so I stood there, acting as if we were chatting. I told her we had been to a boat race, and so on. It was about three or four in the morning. The lady was just desperately looking at me, like she just really didn't want me to leave yet. So like the good person I am, I just kept talking to her. Finally, after a few minutes, her husband comes inside, and she sighs of relief. I then said goodnight to her, and I walk outside to the van. There were still a few men all around the boat, kind of just staring at the van and boat. They tried to talk to me, but they were speaking in Spanish, so I wasn't able to understand them. The van also had dark tinted windows, so they couldn't see inside it. They were really trying, though. I finally opened the door, and then said to my husband, How far away are we from Border Patrol? The reason I asked this is because we had a CB radio in the van. But as soon as I said Border Patrol loudly, the men all looked at each other and they all started running away back to the store. My husband starts laughing. A couple of the men went into the store and said something, and the rest all came out and started running. When I got inside the van, my husband had asked me why I'd said that. Well, it weren't, didn't it? I replied. Our friend was now laughing about the whole encounter. I didn't know it at the time, but our friend had a gun with them. He said that he had his gun out, and he'd actually told my husband that if they opened the door, cover your ears. But as you know, luckily it never resorted to that, and we were able to roll out of there safely. As we drove down the highway, I was asking them why they didn't get out when they surrounded the boat. They said the cover was really tight, and they wouldn't be able to get it off without a lot of work. So I guess it all worked out. But I told them when we get to the next gas stop, one of them are definitely putting the gas in. We got to San Angelo where we dropped off our friend and drove the rest of the way back to Austin. I really couldn't believe that lady was there all alone like that. I mean, I wasn't terrified or anything, but I was definitely concerned. Hey everyone, apologies for the brief interruption from the stories but I want to take a second to thank today's sponsor, ShipStation. The holidays are the most wonderful time of the year, but if you're running an online store, you know they can also be the craziest time of year as well. With ShipStation, the hassle of shipping out holiday orders melts away, leaving you with happier customers and more freedom to run your business or enjoy some much-needed time off. What I love about ShipStation is how easy it is to use and all the money you save with shipping out packages. They really do have the best deals when trying to ship so many things out. ShipStation makes shipping the easiest part of running your online store, so you can really get back to doing what you're passionate about. 
which is growing your business. ShipStation also works with all major carriers, international and local, including FedEx, USPS, and UPS. You even get access discounted rates that are usually only reserved for Fortune 500 companies. So not only is shipping easy, you can actually save money as well. Make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation. Use my offer code CANNIBAL to get a 60-day free trial. Just enough time to handle the holiday rush. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter code CANNIBAL. ShipStation. Make ship happen. I've never shared this story before with anyone. For some reason, I've always been a bit of a freak magnet. I mean, sometimes that's a lot of fun, but sometimes it's really horrifying. This all happened way back in the 1980s. Yeah, I'm old. I worked at a gas station that was really just a lot, with about 10 to 12 self-serving gas pumps, as well as a small cubicle building with plexiglass windows for customers to pay and buy cigarettes, as well as small items. I was a farm girl, and it was one of my very first real jobs. Now, I worked second shift, which meant closing at midnight on Friday and Saturday nights. Now, our town was fairly small, and it had low crime, so usually, I really felt safe. I could handle the occasional drunk or awkward flirty customer. One beautiful warm summer night, a swarmy guy came in on a bike, he was very obnoxious, and after some inappropriate sexist attempts at coming on to me, he asked if I would go for a ride with him when I got off work that night. Being raised a polite and respectful person, I kindly declined, telling him I wasn't allowed to date customers. It was obviously a lie, but I just wanted him to leave. There were a few other people who came in and out, but he just kept lingering around. A small rush came through, and he finally got on his bike and peeled out. I believe that that was supposed to be impressive or something. It really wasn't, but I was just really relieved that this greasy dude was gone now. Well, after about an hour later, the guy shows back up. He seems a little more drunk and more persistent than before, telling me how lucky I would be to be with him. Look, dude, you really need to go. My boyfriend will be picking me up when I get off work. I lied. My car was parked down to the side edge of the lot behind a storage shed that we stored all our stock in. After trying to be civil and not provoke him into any kind of weird scene, he finally leaves again. I sigh of relief, but I'm still really on edge and I just want to close up and get out of town for the night. It's pretty dark and it's almost midnight at this point. I finally do all of my end of shift things and I have to go to our storage shed to count cigarettes and get what I need to restock the little cubicle for the day shift person. I walk in, and I hear a bike motor getting really close to the lot. Luckily, I had the keys in my hand, and I immediately grabbed the door and locked myself in. I knew it was him. I tried to just be quiet and hope that he would think that I already left when I heard his bike slowly putter around the lot. Even though I was locked in this wooden storage shed, I still felt the need to hide between some motor oil cases. His bike gets very close, and the motor shuts off. I'm 5'4 and 105 pounds, and I'm unarmed. I'm praying he doesn't hear my heart pounding out there. Suddenly the door is then violently being tugged. He's now banging and yelling. Hey baby, I know you're in there. Let me in. You know you want me. The guy's even more drunk now than before, 
and there was no phone in the so-called warehouse. I thought that I would just barricade the door and stay there till morning if I had to. It seemed like half the night the guy had tried to get in, banging the door, getting angry, and threatening me. But then he finally got bored, and I heard his bike peel out again. I knew that I probably had a few minutes to get my purse, lock the cubicle, and then run like hell to my car. I very slowly cracked open the door and then peeked out. The sound of the bike was getting further and further away. I then took a deep breath, and I ran. That honestly must have been a record for closing a store. As I tore out of the lot in my car, I thought that I had seen a bike headlight coming down the street. Luckily, I made it out of town and safely home, though. Needless to say, I called and quit that job. It definitely wasn't worth the $3 or whatever an hour for an 18-year-old girl to be doing that. About a month later, there was big news in our town. A local woman was found beaten unconscious. She was found early one morning by a storage unit facility. They found the guy who did it later that week. And yep, you guessed it. It was Greasy Bike Guy. The woman fortunately did survive, and he was sentenced to 17 years in prison. He's definitely out by now. I'm not sure what the rest of his story is or hers, but I hope she's doing okay. I feel very lucky that someone must have been watching out for me. I'm a 27-year-old female from a really small town in Georgia. I'm really no stranger to being hit on or stared at by men of all ages, but that's usually as far as it goes. That is, until one night. The story happened only a few weeks ago. I was staying with my sister and we were up late doing some arts and crafts together. At about midnight, we decided we wanted to go to a gas station nearby to get something to drink and some cigarettes. On the way to the store, I noticed that we needed gas and I figured since we were already going to a gas station, I might as well go ahead and fill up. When we got to the store, I pulled up to the pump farthest from the station which I now realize was really a mistake. As I walked to the store entrance, I noticed a man sitting on the sidewalk right in front of the store. I didn't make eye contact or speak and just walked inside. After paying for my stuff, I walked outside and I immediately noticed the man that was sitting down on my way inside was now standing and staring directly at me. But this wasn't just any old stare. It was a stare of intent and it made me nervous. I pretended not to notice and started walking back to my car where my sister was waiting at. But as I walked past the man, I watched in my peripheral vision as he immediately got behind me and started following closely. I didn't want him to know that I saw this as it made me feel like I had the element of surprise on him as opposed to him having it on me. I just kept walking forward, watching him as best as I could from my peripherals. From what I could see of his face, his eyes were totally fixated on me with a kind of malice that just really made me shudder. And if I'm being honest, still does. I don't know what this man had planned for me, but I just knew it was no good. Thank God my sister rode with me, and thank God she was paying attention to all this. As I approached the car, I looked at my sister with kind of the help me look, and I saw her staring ferociously behind me right at the man. He clearly noticed this too, because as I turned around to face him, I saw him look past me into the car, and then with another stroke of luck, another car pulled into the store and up to the pump right behind me. 
The man that had been following me with unstaggering intent just a few moments before suddenly shuffled awkwardly to the side and then walked off, looking down at the road. I held my breath while my sister and I pumped the gas and then finally exhaled when we pulled out of the parking lot. I don't think I've ever felt so threatened before in my life. I honestly felt like I was prey being stalked by a predator. This is a really crazy scary world we live in today. Always be wary of your surroundings and be careful out there. You really have no idea who's watching you and what they have planned for you. This is the first time I've ever written this story down. It's been nearly seven years and I still get shivers just thinking about it. For starters, I'll go by the letter B, and to understand my actions and the actions of the attackers, you'll need to know how my family and I look, along with where we were in the United States. I was 14 years old, and I was a massive teenager. I was already 5 feet 10 inches tall, or about 172 centimeters, and 220 pounds, or 100 kilograms, and surprisingly pale for someone who lives by a beach. I also had medium-length, dark brown hair with blue eyes. My sister, who was 15, almost 16, and whom I'll call C, to keep her anonymous, was 5 feet 10 inches, or 157 centimeters, and 100 pounds, or 45 kilograms. She had long, dirty blonde hair, green eyes, and was starting to get into tanning. She had already gone through her puberty and looked exactly her age. My mother was 5 feet 5 inches, or 165 centimeters. She weighed roughly 150 pounds, or 68 kilograms. She was darker than my sister and I because she was half Spanish, half African, with brown eyes. You're probably wondering how I'm so pale, but that's because my father was Italian-Irish, and so my sister and I got most of his genetics. My mom often jokes how we're not her kids, since we have none of her traits, really. I apologize for the lengthy introduction, but this is necessary in order to understand what I'm about to type. My family and I live in the northeast part of the United States. Our area is especially integrated, and so I've been around many different types of people from African Americans, European Americans, Asians, Latinos, Latinas, and others. Our area is what I'd call middle class to a team. The town was your typical suburban neighborhood, but we had and still have a lot of cities with low-income families. This year was rather special as my mother decided to take us on a vacation to Williamstown. If you're familiar with the area, you know it's a goldmine for history buffs like myself. And because the drive was only about 19 hours, my mother drove us down there. Everything went rather smoothly. Then towards the final few hours of the trip, my mother stops by a rather small local gas station. Anyone who lives in the Northeast knows all about how the two primary gas stations you go to are a 7-Eleven and a Wawa. If you don't know what a Wawa is, just imagine a gas station that has their own mini restaurant where you could make and buy subs, pizzas, mozzarella sticks, and the like. Some Wawa's didn't even have gas stations, but most do. Anyway, we stop by this local gas station and my mom is waiting for someone to pump your gas. Side note that New Jersey is one of the only two states where we pay people to pump gas. And my mom at the time hadn't ever driven outside of New Jersey. 
After a few moments, she realized we'd have to pump our own gas. She hands me a couple of 20s and tells me to go inside and pay for the gas and get some snacks since we'd likely just rest once we reached our hotel. I enter the gas station and there's no one inside. It's a hot box in there and outside, so I grab drinks for the each of us and a snack for my sister and I. My mother doesn't eat when it's hot out. It's a bad habit, I know. As I'm waiting by the register, I see a door is cracked open. Through the crack, I can see a large group, probably around 20 people or so. I don't think much of it since maybe it's a party of some sort until I notice one of them stand up and put his hood on. Right then and there, I realize it's a KKK meeting. I can see the crosses on the uniform. Now you may be asking why didn't we just drive away? Well, my mom for one is a very confrontational woman and she doesn't easily scare. And another is she's rather moral not wanting to steal even if it means her life is safer. Plus she likely wouldn't even believe me. So I gulped and hit the little bell that sat on the counter. I try to act nonchalantly as my hands are in my pockets. One is gripping a rather large pocket knife I keep on me at all times, unless there's a place we're going to that has a metal detector. I should also mention I know how to handle myself in a fight both armed and unarmed. Being raised regularly visiting a dangerous town made my family have me take self-defense classes. Plus I play football and I'm quite good at it too. The door opens and a man only a couple inches shorter than me and far wider than even I had exited. He walked over and, in a heavy southern drawl, asked, How may I help you find, sir? He dragged out each word. Now trying to remain composed, I didn't even want to give him the suspicion that I was nervous. 20 regular and a pack of USA Light 100s, please. I had memorized what cigarettes my mom liked because she always seemed to need more. Apparently he either didn't care or assumed I was old enough based on my size and grabbed a pack while ringing up the other items. Your total is 33.20. I handed him the 220s and the transaction seemed to be going well. He handed me the change and said to have a nice day. I... I will. I said and once I exited the store I tried to calmly walk to the car. We need to leave now. I growled under my teeth and just as I said that, shouting and footsteps ran out from the station. Suddenly a shot was fired and luckily one managed to hit the passenger door where I had just been standing not moments before. My mother turned the key and immediately began driving. I turned to see some of the members aiming their guns and firing more shots while the others had gotten into some cars. The ones firing what I assumed were hunting rifles entered the cars as well. Racial slurs were shouted at us, along with what I could only describe as a Native American war cry. They continued firing shots at the car. One zipped right between the three of us. We were on an empty road with no signs of civilization other than that gas station. We needed to find a place to hide. If they didn't have guns and there was only two of them, I could have fought them. But I only had a knife and there were about twenty of them. I managed to spot some nearby mountains, but we had to lose them for a second to park behind them. After a series of turns, we managed to park behind a mountain. 
For several hours, we heard the maniacs patrolling nearby to try and find us. Our car wasn't an off-road vehicle at all, and they had trucks, so I guess the only reason they didn't go off-roading was because they assumed we'd be on the road still. Eventually, they left, and we managed to make it to Williamstown. We filed a report to the police station, but nothing came of it, and I suspect some of the offers may have even been part of that group. <laughs> 